Hey, Enneagram friend, this is Abby Rodriguez, your certified and IEA accredited Enneagram teacher and coach. In this space, I'll give you a sneak peek into real live coaching sessions and teach you how to apply the wisdom of the Enneagram into your life for personal growth. The invitation each episode is to take on a posture of curiosity, curiosity about yourself and others, so that you can shift from merely surviving to fully thriving in your everyday life. Visit my website at abbyrodriguez.com and listen into this episode to learn more. Today, we are exploring vulnerability. So if you have trouble being vulnerable or you're in relationship with someone that this is more of a challenge, then this episode is for you. So we are gonna spend some time kind of defining and giving some more language to vulnerability, specifically how it shows up in the type eight structure, um, but for all of us in general as well. We're also going to talk about why sharing your vulnerabilities with others is essential and also some baby steps for us to begin as practicing vulnerability. Oftentimes we get this invitation, you know, to be more vulnerable for this, for those of us that lead with type eight and it can feel impossible at times. So here are some, some steps that we can take in that process. So in the previous episode, our coaching session with our type eight, um, the topic of vulnerability came up all throughout that conversation. And that's not surprising because vulnerability is, is kind of the Achilles heel for type eights. You know, it's this central piece that is part of the underlying motivation of, of wanting to protect itself and, and wanting to avoid being taken advantage of. And so protecting that, that vulnerability or uh, protecting themselves from being exposed in order to uh, not be taken advantage of or even betrayed is sometimes the language we use. So I want to unpack vulnerability. I want to unpack how it shows up for type eights, but also sharing some ideas and practices um, that are helpful, whether you lead with type eight or not. So let's start with what is vulnerability, especially as it relates to Enneagram eights. But again, understanding that vulnerability is a part of all of our experiences. So I actually looked it up. Uh, Webster's definition of vulnerability is a state of being exposed. And honestly, even just hearing that definition uh, makes me cringe a little bit because I lead with type eight as my dominant Enneagram type. So I want you to consider your own experience. What makes you feel exposed? Or, or maybe even a better way to ask it is, in what areas or maybe topics are you more guarded? Um, these places where you're really trying to conceal or protect your vulnerabilities. You know, maybe there are certain topics that just kind of feel off limits, maybe certain memories or experiences that you just, you don't talk about or, or you don't share with others. Um, maybe there's certain aspects of your experience where you feel really weak in that, in that experience or in that way. And, and that becomes this vulnerable space for you. Or maybe sharing your feelings as they arise um, taps into that that vulnerable space when you're feeling anxious or you're feeling insecure or you're feeling afraid or you're feeling sad. Some of these vulnerable emotions come up and, and that's the part that feels really exposing to share that with others. Um, you know, and, and vulnerability, it also has to do with others. Eights have this orientation towards protecting their own vulnerabilities, but also protecting the vulnerability they see in others. You know, whether that's your spouse or your friends, your kiddos, um, you know, or people that you work with, you know, for me, the people that I supervised was often, um, kind of this vulnerability or, or a need that I was, I was protecting in others. So as I share some of, of ideas of what vulnerability can look like with 
um, kind of this distinction of maybe it's an area that you're guarding, what comes up for you? You know, what comes to mind? What lands in your experience? And and hopefully, you know, we don't get to have a dialogue back and forth, but hopefully there's a couple of things that come to mind or, or some of those areas uh, landed. But if not, begin to be curious about it and observe yourself, pay attention. You know, observe yourself and notice these times where you feel weak or vulnerable or exposed and you hide it. You know, that hiding might look like some of the five space of of leaving or shutting down, not communicating or becoming secretive. Um, We talked about that in the coaching session, that vulnerability can really be um, some of the the reaction can be a lot of our stress number or type five um, point. And, and so sometimes our response is more that five energy, but sometimes also our response uh, can show up in our type eight structure. And when we feel vulnerable or weak or exposed, um, our reaction is really big and strong and loud in order to protect that vulnerability or, again, protect the vulnerability of others. Um, you know, for me, I before moving into Enneagram work as my central work, I used to work in higher education and I had a team of, you know, anywhere from five to eight people that I supervised. And this big reaction of my type eight structure, that was what often came up when I was protecting the people I supervised or, um, you know, the students that, that I oversaw in my area or whatever it might be. Um, I would, I would have this big eight energy, um, you know, and being more confrontational or asking controversial questions or making blunt statements with very little social savviness or composure. Um, and a lot of times that was my subconscious effort to protect the vulnerabilities of others, of uh, how decisions would affect people I supervise or what opportunities would impact the students that were in my care. So for the purposes of this conversation, though, I want to focus more specifically on when you are protecting your personal vulnerabilities, not others. Um, so beginning to observe these moments when you feel vulnerable, you feel weak, and the natural response is to protect yourself. If you aren't aware of these moments when you feel vulnerable, then your type structure's natural response will be to guard you from them, you know, guarding you to the point of completely filtering it out. Um, that's part of what comes up in the, the defense mechanism of denial for type eights. It's not even that you're aware that you feel vulnerable or exposed or weak. Your type structure filters it out so that you're not as sensitive to the information. Um, but we have to begin to observe these moments when we feel vulnerable so that they are not pushed out of, out of mind, out of sight. Um, and, and I said also make a note while we're defining vulnerability that vulnerability and transparency are not the same thing. Type 8s usually have a greater capacity for candor and, you know, saying the hard things or saying what everyone else is thinking. And sometimes candor translates into sharing personal truths about yourself, you know, personal experiences, a time when you struggled with something or whatever it might be. Um, And that's a really authentic rendering of your experience. These moments might be, you know, sharing something challenging that happened in your past so that you can encourage others or empower others with similar experiences, or maybe just telling a blunt story or raw story just for the sake of a good laugh, right? It can it can be this whole range. But those are transparent moments. You know, when you're sharing how things actually are, how they actually happened. Um, but if you don't have vulnerable feelings around those experiences, they don't make you feel exposed, 
then it's actually not vulnerability. It's just you're sharing something authentic, right? You're not making it up. Um, but it's transparency, not authenticity. You know, a type eight asked me once in a workshop, well, how do I know the difference between being transparent and being vulnerable? And my response was as someone that leads with type eight, um, vulnerable moments usually make you feel like you're going to die when you're sharing them. And transparency doesn't. It's an easy story to share. It's something that wasn't easy at the time when it was happening. Or, or again, you know, that's assuming this is a more personal story. Maybe it's something more blunt that you're sharing. Um, but if when you share it, there is not a feeling that's coming up for you, then it's more on the transparency side than the vulnerability side, you know? You might have had a lot of feelings around whatever it was when it was happening, but now it's just a memory. You don't feel exposed when you're sharing it in the way that you did when it was happening. Vulnerability, on the other hand, it has, you know, it has a, an emotion to it. It has a sensation to it. Um, I've heard eights describe it in one-on-one conversations like this sensation of knots in their stomach or, or feeling hot all over or like the wind got knocked out of you, you know? Um, oftentimes crying is a part of that. At least it is for me. And, um, and unfortunately my version is usually ugly crying because I've not mastered, you know, the cinematic crying, um, that I see on TV. And so, um, there's a sensation to it. There's an emotion to it. It's not just an authentic story. That's the transparency piece. Okay. So that's what vulnerability is and, and how it might show up in our experience. So let's explore next why do we need to be vulnerable? Why is this even important for us and, and, um, and where this leads us to? Vulnerability is an essential part of any meaningful relationship, including the relationship with yourself. So when it comes to your significant other, parenting your kiddos, engaging with your friends, vulnerability is a part of the equation. It's a necessary part of the equation. And for type eights, vulnerability often comes up in these moments when they actually really need help or or they need some support. But if you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to share those experiences with others or to ask for help um, when it's coming up, your type structure's natural reaction will be just to become more guarded and more self-sufficient so that you're not um, having to depend on others, you know, uh, Eights are very independent and very boundaried people, you know, and boundaries are good, right? There are some types that boundaries are really hard to form and, and that's part of their work um, as they're moving forward in, in a more healthy, balanced way. But for type eights, uh, boundaries are really natural for them. But the problem is eights can be too boundaried. They can be so boundaried that they close themselves off from others. You know, they close themselves off from meaningful connection with others or intimacy with others. Um, the reality is we all need help. We all need some support along the way. And eights have this high value on independence and being able to do things independently. But healthy relationships require you to ask for help every once in a while. They require interdependence is kind of the term we use. You know, it's this posture of choosing to depend on others while you choose to allow others to depend on you. Um, you know, my my background working in higher education is that I'm a master's in student development. And, and one of the um, stages in adult development is having the ability to be interdependent and mutually beneficial relationships. So knowing when you need help and asking for help is actually a sign of maturity, not a sign of weakness. 
So not only is vulnerability essential for meaningful relationships with others, but it's also essential in your relationship with yourself and your ability to care for yourself. It's it's essential in self-care. Because eights are passionate and intense, um, you know, that passion and intensity can propel them forward with a lot of momentum, but they can run themselves into the ground with very little awareness of the fact that it's happening until they've totally collapsed in exhaustion. You know, all along the way, in that scenario, eights were experiencing feelings that were trying to, to give them pause, that were communicating to them um, that they needed help, that they that they weren't um, able to do this completely on their own. They needed some support. They needed some guidance. They needed maybe someone else to protect them for a while, uh, but they ignored it because they just kept going and kept hustling. Sometimes consciously, you know, aides are telling themselves, oh, I don't have time to deal for that, or I will just figure this out, or I will just do it. Um, But sometimes this is happening on a very subconscious level, you know, which is why you need to start observing these spaces that make you feel more vulnerable so that you even notice this happening because you can't change anything that you're oblivious to. Um, If you don't see it, you won't won't know what's going on and, and how that's negatively impacting you. So as these moments come up for the type eight, um, when they feel weak or they feel exposed, if they can instead take on a posture of um, willingness to connect this vulnerability and reaching out for support and help, uh, they can move towards actually caring for themselves well so that they don't totally collapse or are completely burnt out and exhausted and, and now have to leave or escape or quit or whatever it is. Um, that they have some ability to check in with themselves to know what is needed and how, um, how support, you know, the support that they need and to be able to ask for that. Okay. So let's talk in this last little piece, just about some practical steps, um, some baby steps that we can take to improve in this area of vulnerability. If you lead with type eight or, or vulnerability is just hard for you. So the first is to notice what makes you feel vulnerable, what makes you feel weak, what makes you feel exposed, like you've lost control and might be taken advantage of because of that loss of control. Write them down, make a list. Maybe it's when things go wrong with your health. Maybe it's in social situations where you feel awkward and so you feel more vulnerable in that space. Maybe it's trying to talk about intimacy with your partner. Maybe it's being intimate with your partner. Maybe it's talking about finances. Maybe it's talking about your contribution to your family's finances. Or maybe it's sharing certain feelings as they come up. Maybe some feelings are easier to share than others. Write down what makes you feel vulnerable. If you have no idea, then just start to observe it. Start to notice it. Notice these times when you pull into your five space that you become um, secretive and want solitude, you pull away, you stop talking and also observe the moments when you get really big. Um, you know, that, that eight energy comes out in a very protective way. Observe those, those two different interactions and consider behind that what vulnerability was being poked or was, um, you know, threatened to be exposed? What was it that caused you to get so armored and guarded? Um, be curious about it. So name vulnerability in your experience so that you can notice it in real time. 
it's okay to notice it after the fact. That's really helpful so that now you know what you're looking for. Um, But noticing it after the fact so that you can begin to notice it in real time the more the more that it that it comes up the second invitation in that after you notice what makes you feel vulnerability and kind of give some language to it is to share those things so not the whole list um but pick a couple of things that resonate with a significant relationship that you have so a couple of those things that resonate with Um, you know, your partner or your best friend or your mother, right? So these significant relationships can pick something from that list to share. Um, Not sharing, here's all the experiences that remind me of this vulnerability, but sharing, hey, when things go wrong with my health, that's a really vulnerable space for me. I feel really weak. I feel very exposed. Um, I have a lot of anxiety around it. That's hard for me to always articulate. Um, So when things go wrong with my health, uh, that is a really hard space for me. Sharing that when you're not in the middle of a health crisis can prepare you and kind of prime these later conversations that you will have with your friend, your significant other, or whoever it might be, um, because you've already talked about it. You know, they already know that this is an area that's a little bit more challenging, this is one of the areas where it's such a kindness for eights when others have Enneagram language, when they know that vulnerability is harder for them than the average person, um, because they can offer a lot of kindness in this space. And and you can even say, hey, I'm going to have an Enneagram moment with you. I'm going to share some things that make me feel a little bit more vulnerable so that when they come up later, we can recount this conversation and you can meet me in the little bit in the middle a little bit more, or maybe even and help me articulate some of this and be curious with me. Um, again, priming the conversation because you know it's gonna come up eventually. It's gonna come up later at some point. So um in those conversations, another piece is, is also letting the other person know that you want to be better at sharing this with them, you know, when it comes up or you want to be better at asking for help and that you're working on it. You know, it's, it's a work in progress. A lot of love and dedication can be communicated just by letting people know like, hey, this isn't exactly how I want it to be and I'm working on it. You know, I am uh, what, you know, you might have a practical thing you're doing, like I'm going to counseling for this or I've started reading this book about this or I'm talking to a friend about this. Um, But letting people know, hey, I see this and I care a lot about it. And I want to be better at it. And so here's some things that I'm doing and it's going to be a work in progress, right? Even just admitting that can be a really uh, vulnerable conversation that you're having with others. And then the last step, this third invitation for this is to share what's going on with others in real time. So when you need support in real time, you need help in real time um, to ask for it. And this is a process. This It might take you a really long time to get to this third piece. Uh, you might spend a lot of time in the first two parts because it takes time. It, it's a process. You know, I've been studying the Enneagram for years and, and have had an awareness of this need for vulnerability for years, and it's still super challenging. Um, you know, this past week, I had uh, something going on with my health, and I completely underestimated how much it would knock me off my feet. And multiple times in the process, did a not great job of asking um, for help. And it was such a kindness of my husband that 
was aware of what was going on and and offered help and and offered the kindness of, um, you know, I wonder if there's a space where this is harder for you because you're not feeling well and you're not on your game. You can't control what's going on. You can't help in the way that you typically do. You know, let me help. Let me do this. Let me do that. Um, and so that was a kindness and compassion that he can offer. So I say all that to say is it's a process. It's a long process, but it's one that is worth it in coming closer in connection with others, but also having a greater awareness of yourself and what you need and, and what's actually going on in your experience. Because whether you give any time or attention to these moments of vulnerability, these feelings that are coming up, these spaces where you need help, they still exist. They're still happening. You're just not getting the help you need. You're not getting the support you need. You're not getting the community that you need. You're not getting space to process your emotions that you need. And so it's all just building up. And again, when things slowly build up, there comes um, a tipping point at some point. And, and those small moments build up over time. Um, they hurt when they finally come to this, this moment of exhaustion or collapse or um, whatever it might be. So to my fellow type eights, I see you. I know how challenging this aspect of our type structure is. Um, if you need support along the way, I'd love to join you in a coaching space and, and support you through it. Okay, friends, I'll see you next time. Hey, Enneagram friends. Right now, I am forming type groups, groups of people that are learning together in kind of a workshop style, but they're all the same Enneagram type. And if you've never had the experience to meet with others of your same Enneagram type, I'm telling you, it's really a life-changing experience getting to hear from others that think the same way or that act the same way or have similar feelings. There's a lot of solidarity that comes in being able uh, to meet with others of the same Enneagram type, but also a lot of learning and growth that can happen as you are navigating life and, and people have different practices or approaches that have helped them along the way. So there is an interest form linked in, in the show notes that you can fill out to express interest in joining a type group. If there's enough interest for your specific Enneagram number, we'll go ahead and get started and, and start meeting in November. If there's not quite enough interest right away, we'll wait and meet in January where more people have a chance to fill out the interest form and, and join in. There will be four sessions for your type group. We'll talk about type specific things that have to do with just your number, growth practices, awareness, self-awareness, um, and compassion for your type as well. We'll talk about things like instincts and subtypes, some of the things that are a little bit more challenging to talk about when all the other numbers are present because it's just too much information to get that specific. Submitting the interest form does not commit you to joining the group. It's just to get a sense of who's interested and how we might put these groups together. Fill out the interest form today so that you don't miss out on your chance to join the next type group. 